When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail Cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. It's a new season. Same old podcast, Brandon. Always cheating. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. I'm looking at the FPL content word cloud, and the word back is very large. <laughs> Everyone is back. The game is back. Yep. Uh, so we're back with regularly scheduled podcasts, Always Cheating, of course, in your podcast feed every Monday morning. Late Sunday, say if you you live in malibu or something like that right um but the way so uh, of course as everyone knows the fpl site has magically relaunched we'll talk about the gradients and everything Mm -hmm. but what we're trying to do here josh is celebrate the new release of the 22 23 fpl that's right right that's right i mean this is uh, for anyone who is new to the podcast the theme of the podcast which which you know again mostly aspirational Honestly, Brandon, for I think for both of us. But the goal of the podcast is to make fantasy fun again. Yeah. You know, it, and, and the again is important, at least for us. Maybe it's always <laughs> fun for some people. For me, it was it was so fun that we started this podcast, whatever it was, like eight years ago. Now, is this yeah. our eighth season of the podcast? Yes, is. this is yeah. season number right. eight. I guess that right. is a good milestone for us to to hit on. But yeah, it, every season begins with that aspiration of fun. There are lots of bumps along the way. Last <laughs> season, more than most, I think yep. we were definitely trying to grin through yeah. the pain. I comprehensively <laughs> melted down for about three months. I, I I shook it off in April. I like I had like a, a distinct moment. Where I was like, okay, like I'm I am officially over this now. But uh, January to March were were rough. So uh, and that's I think that's part of we're going to talk right at the start here about our goals for the season. Remember, I I have to know. Or first of all, I actually want to tell you. Yeah. Uh, in the first ten hours since the site launched, we already have five hundred thousand players registered, which feels quite high to me. And I think it's because they really. I know some people didn't like it, but I thought it was very effective to roll out five teams a day for four days. I think yeah. it was really um, it got a lot of people interested in there. There have been times when they've relaunched the site, what felt like three weeks after the last season ended and yeah. kind of nobody cared. And so it was kind of trucking <laughs> along with 40,000 registered members for the first you know week or two. And now it feels like. There's a lot of interest, a lot of attention. I saw, you know, the athletic, um, the website, they were uh, even writing about player prices as they're getting released. And I felt like I was like, I can't remember ever seeing that before. So um, I think there's a lot of excitement right now and a lot of, a lot of energy around the world. Yeah, I like the rollout to the price announcements. It reminded me a lot of a regular EA FIFA video game rollout where you get uh, the big players to hold up what their ranking is going to be in this year's FIFA. Like, am I an 87 cam? Am I uh, yeah. a... A 90 CDM and uh, 
I did go through this period of like, is this the least interesting way for new players of FPL to position it? Like, this is really exciting. This is how much these players cost. <laughs> like positioning this as a monopoly game. But then when I made that that correlation to FIFA, it's like, okay, this this is actually a language that yeah. we do speak. And the way they did it with a bunch of team clustered announcements was really cool versus seasons past, where it's just like, are you guys ready for some price uh announcements? Here's Matt Target at 5.5. <laughs> right. And, it was uh, always like a, a rant. It was like they pulled like names out of a hat. Like, all right, here's a yeah here's like a backup goalkeeper's price for the season so yeah so yeah i, I, I hope different. you're right josh that that led to some more enthusiasm i mean i predicted we'd have 30 million people playing fpl last season because of ronaldo coming back to the league that didn't turn out to be true yeah. so Huge it's number, all though. well well over 8 million i think last season so i, I think we're gonna beat that i think also the world cup even though the world cup does not as we all know, kick off until uh, late November. It's going to break up the game. It's going to break up the Premier League season and, you know, in, in general for, for six weeks. But I think just, you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, you and I are both based out of New York and there are a lot of times when sort of even just following the Premier League at all, feels yeah. a little obscure. And I feel like just the fact that the World Cup is happening this summer, I think over here, the fact that we have a World Cup of our own in 2026, I think yes. that's starting to feel some energy. But it does feel like just in general, there's a lot of excitement about the World Cup, about how the U.S. is going to do. And I think that's going to be true in you know all 32 countries um, mm-hmm. and, and, and more. And I think that that's really going to lead to just a general interest in the game growing. So I think right. um, it's a fun time to be you know um, just thinking about fantasy again and think about the Premier League season yeah and we can touch upon this in a moment when we talk about what's new with the shiny new FPL site what they're doing for FPL during that winter World Cup which is I think going to make it very fun and easy for newbies who discover the Premier League during the World Cup to slip in try out the game uh, and yeah as you said grow the number yeah it's a mortal lock that you and I will start a second half league Right, yeah. and it kicks off on Boxing Day. I think that's gonna that has to happen. So, right, before we get into what changed this year, ID check time. I was I was in the middle of a directors meeting when uh, when the game launched. I, mm, I got a, I got mm. yeah yeah I got I got a, <laughs> on my in the hashtag real life job. I uh, and I saw a message uh, that popped up on my phone from um, our friend Dave Wagner Lodal. And Dave, like, what Dave's texting you and he's not texting me, Dave. I think uh, we're going to talk. He, I think he at replied me, but it, it, you know, so it got me. So I, I, in the middle of a director's meeting, I popped down real quick and, and, and auto filled my team, dropped it on there. Yeah. And I just got my way into a four digit rank. So not three digit, you know, that's just, that's just, you know, un- unfortunately, but I'm at 7968. That is my, uh, that is my ID number. Yeah. Uh, start the season. Uh, that's good. I mean, four digits is, is a decent spot to be. I'm five digit. I was in a meeting too. And I, my, my brain is not able to compartmentalize with sports and fantasy as well as you, Josh. Like sometimes I get into work mode and then mm-hmm. I forget that. Cause that I did text you. You did. And I, yes. And I, I think I saw you texting and I was like, oh, Josh just wants to talk about the podcast or something boring <laughs> like that. And then as soon as my call ended, I saw what you, the content, like the game launched. And I was like, oh crap. So <laughs> I jumped in there and uh, set an auto team and ended at 25277. So I've got two sevens and two twos and my lucky number five. I can easily remember this number. And I think, there was a kind of a labored debate happening on FPL social about why do people care about 
team IDs. It's not like it helps you in the game. This is just like a dumb trophy that people are are trying to lord over people. When in actuality, what we're always saying, Josh, is there are all these great live scoring sites Mm -hmm. that can track your progress during a game week far better than the FPL site can. Yep. And it, all you need is your team ID. You don't need to log in with FPL credentials yep. or anything. So having a team ID that you memorize uh, is great. So I think actually yep. the case you could make is if you've got a really long team ID, like six or seven digits even, <laughs> this is your way to signal to your mini league compatriots that your brain is bigger, you're capable of remembering a longer number, and that's just that's how right. you roll. That's true. Or just some kind of keyboard, you know, shortcut on your uh, on your desktop, too. I think that would work. Um, and just for anybody who doesn't know how to get their team ID, uh, log on to the, uh, the fantasy website. Go to um, pick team. I don't know if you can do it on the mobile app. I think you have to do it on a desktop. Yeah. Uh, go to um, pick team. So you can see your game week one team right there. And then go to uh, game week history, which is in the top right-hand corner. Click on that. And then this is very easy, Brett. Very, very easy for anybody to follow. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hope. I hope everyone's got a pencil and paper on them right now. And then in the uh, URL at the top, you'll see uh, fantasy.premierleague.com slash entry. And there's a number after that. And that number is your team ID. So there you go. I can see my 7968 up there. So anyway, that is where we are to start the season. Uh, Goals for this season, Brandon. I have two. I have Uh one that is a... uh, you know, a finish goal. Uh, I want to finish in the top 1K. Uh, I've gotten close uh, several times. I finished in the top 4K um, in, in various numbers um, in the last, um, I guess, like four times in the last eight seasons. Uh, but I have not been able to crack the top 1K. So that is uh, the, my sort of very ambitious goal for this season. And I don't really under, like. I don't really see any reason not to not to set that goal. And sure. I guess I just want to. And you know, part two of this, which kind of goes in line with this, is to. Uh, keep a positive attitude all season. And just really, uh, this is not something I have done a great job with basically ever uh, when I've been playing fantasy. Uh, and my goal now is to actually try to keep perspective. Like I'm just really, really going to try to keep perspective. And if things aren't going well, I'm going to try to set a new goal for myself. I'm going to, you know, pick someone out of a crowd and start a head to head league with them, you know, mm-hmm. at a bar. Well, I don't even really know. I'm just going to like, I'm going to find a way to keep having fun the entire season because I refuse to do what I did last season, which is I just got really tilted in January and February. And it just, it was kind of silly. Like it, it's, it is a game. Like there's, there, you know, even if you're in a cash, lake, it's not enough cash to take the ticket extremely seriously. The you know, implication too, yeah. Josh, if you are tilted means you're not playing your best FPL game either. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that is, uh, so yeah, exactly. If I keep that attitude, it should help me with my finish as well. So uh, what's your kind of big goal for the season? My big goal as I've written down is to be smart, which is kind of abstract, but I feel like one of the obstacles I've not succeeded in overcoming in recent seasons is transfers I have made. Um, I either can't fully justify uh, or they're just, they're irrational. I, I have a tendency toward romance and romance is good. And I think, um, if you talk about how to play fantasy and have fun, romance might actually be the optimal way to play. But I think I actually, I have a goal as well this season, is, uh, is to play well and to have, yeah. <laughs> have a good finish. I'm not yeah. going to name, like, I think top 10 K would be my ideal, rank goal but as you say with there's no reason to not for you to not shoot for a top 1k finish it's like why not well so so i'm just gonna say i want the highest finish 
possible. So I don't know. I guess I'm saying I want to win the whole thing. Or how about um, just the highest finish you've ever had? That almost yeah, feels like I, a reasonable goal. I, I yeah. think I think that's a good way of framing it. So yeah, I want the highest finish through uh, actively trying to uh, manage smartly and make yeah. make some uh, evolutions in my my fantasy yeah. brain this season. Romance can be tricky. I mean, yeah. if you've seen uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet, Brandon, mm, you yeah, know. multiple times. Yeah, yeah, emotions run high. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't sometimes end well. too high, yeah. you might yeah, argue. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, as you noted before, podcasts are normally going to be out on Monday mornings. Uh, this is obviously a special one because the game launched today. We will be recording on Sunday night, however, and we'll probably do a couple extras during the – in fact, I'm, I – can guarantee that we're going to do some extras in the preseason because uh, we're going to Vegas um, at the end of this month and we're recording at Blue Wire Studios. And so we're going to be doing some extra content and interviews while we're there and we'll Vegas, drop all baby, that. Yeah. I'm very excited. And uh, I think that's enough preamble, Brandon. What is new with the game? Yeah, let's talk, talk about me. this site. Let's talk about fantasy.premierleague.com. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, yeah, if, you, if you still going back to your how to find your team ID, where you want to start is uh, – www.fantasy.premierleague.com. Yeah, what? <laughs> so, so there were there were lots of rumblings, uh, you know, as we waited for the game to be unveiled, and what a lot of people sort of keyed into was, uh, oh, some of these prices for some of these well-known players feel a little low. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? Does that mean that the game is going to change to where we have more than fifteen players in our? squad etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's some anticipation of like big changes new chips chips removed as far as i can tell josh uh it's it's relatively the same game as we yep. know it's still 15 man squad 100 million dollar or pound budget uh british sterling to be exact <laughs> yeah and uh you know we've got our game week deadline an hour and 30 before kickoff so uh, you know, it's funny i was just thinking earlier this month about how the uh the hundred million thing is uh, on the one hand, like it feels kind of silly, you know, but the other hand, if you, if you just called everyone like a dollar, that would feel kind of lame too. Like if, if Ronaldo yeah. was like an $11 player, you know, money, money player. is insane. Like I remember yeah. going to Japan when I was in college and like, how much for this candy bar? 10,000 yen. I'm like, Oh, okay. So like nothing really means anything. What That's are we true. doing here? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think you're right though. The, not, I, I thought they would change a little more than they did to be honest. Um, they, they did make some nuts and bolts fixes, which I think were, uh, which I think were necessary. I mean, you know, you, you were, okay. Well, the first thing is that they did two factor authentication, which is great. They promised it and they, they delivered on that. And I think, uh, for anyone who's playing the game last year and, and pays any attention to the kind of social media of, of fantasy, um, I don't know. I, do I recommend that world, Brandon? I don't know. I'm part of it, but I'm not sure I recommend it anyway, regardless. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, there were a bunch of hacks of, of players last season and, um, it was probably a little too easy to, 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 to get people's passwords. And so yeah. they've at least they've, they've strengthened that, which I think is great. And, uh, helps, helps so how does a two factor authentication safer. work? Cause I've logged in on two laptops today. Yeah. You've got to enable it. You've got to oh. go in and enable it. Yeah. Oh, so it's okay. not, it's not an automatic thing. It's gotta be enabled. Pro tip. So, All right. Yeah. So enable yep. your dual factor authentication. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah, I, I don't want to go through it all because I like I I already we've already like listed URLs twice on this podcast. That's already. fine. Like, People yeah. are having a great time. Josh. Yeah, they're don't driving in the car it. right now. I don't want to pull over. And, <laughs> um, all right, so the graphic redesign, I like it. However, I know that you are you're a graphic design. You just redid our graphics for for our for our podcast. Um, do you like the graphics? Are you into the um, 
you know, well, the, yeah, the style? I guess just like before I start talking about it, I'm like an armchair designer. Like I'm not trained. I don't know about color theory or anything like that, but I think it's fun. And I often tend to look at things through a visual lens first and mm-hmm. foremost, which is hilarious because I work at a book publisher. But um, <laughs> first looking at the site, I like that it is lighter and brighter. But Me too. I do not care for gradients. I find them to look really cheesy. Uh, so like o- the overall vibe, I'm not digging it. And there's just like so much crap going on on all these pages. There's so many boxes and you go to your pick team and it says pick team, team name, game, game week one. And then below that, it says game week one and the deadline. Like Just like there's so much redundancy with all the type on here. I wow. feel like this game could look more fun, less fussy, and more wow. just minimalize it a little bit. Minimize, I should say. Well, I asked, didn't I? I yeah, know, so yeah, I, yeah. And that yeah. that is on you, Josh. That's your <laughs> fault. Well, I, I, I guess I, I do kind of understand that. I, I feel like it's ultimately fine. And, you know, I think nowadays, as the, as the app itself gets better, I find that I don't spend too much time on the desktop version. Yeah. I still like to make my transfers in the desktop version. I just feel like it's a little easier to do. I, I sort of trust it better. There's always some moment yeah. on the desktop where I'm just, or on the app where I'm like, am I, am I doing this right? Did I actually <laughs> well, just do it yeah. minus 12? You right, know, what, what just right. happened here? The transfer, uh, yeah. transfer on the app as well. The fact that you have to jump to another page to look at your options on the desktop. It's cool when you're making a transfer, you can look at your squad and then you have your menu basically yeah. along the right hand margin, which is cool. I like that. I like yeah. that too. But I, I, you know, ultimately, I, I do like that it's 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 more colorful and and and, and lively. Um, mm-hmm. Although I do I do take your point. Um, Thank you. you. Know, <laughs> uh, I, the the biggest thing is that you uh, we have this. Uh, un- I guess is there a difference between unlimited transfers and a third wild card? Like, is there something I'm not understanding about that? Like, it's so you have unlimited transfers during the six week window between game week 16 and game week 17. I, I don't know why they're not calling that a third wild card. Maybe because you you can only play it during that week. Is that, is that I, what it is? I, I thought I had read that dur- while the World Cup is happening, you get as many transfers as you want. Well, I think that's uh, true. Yeah, I mean, so you know, game week 16 will happen, right? Uh-huh. And then we will take a six week break from the fantasy game. You know, uh-huh. while while the World Cup takes place during that six week window, you can make transfers the entire. You can make you can make a, twenty transfers a day if you wanted to every day. Okay. And yeah. then and then game week seventeen, which is Boxing Day, when the game returns, you uh, have to stop making your transfers. Then. <laughs> well, when, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it goes to my point of uh, making it appealing for new fans coming in from the World Cup is like if you they may be anticipating just getting a ton of new players uh, at yeah. game week 16. So if you, if you start that by saying you have to trigger your wild card in order to, I mean, I guess if you start a new team or whatever, this is yeah. boring, but um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure that this is a terribly uh, um, deep uh, vein of, of, of conversation. Well, 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 I mean, I, but I think it's interesting. I mean, I think it's useful. I mean, yeah, I, I got into like a semantic thing about, uh, I made it, I made it complicated, <laughs> but basically we now have three wild cards. You have the first wild card that you have to use between game week one and game week 16, which is nice yeah. because uh, that's sort of, there are some people who almost as a game, I feel like try to wait until game week 19 or so to use that first wild card. Yeah. Now they, they've got to use it before game week 16. Uh, and then you'll have this unlimited transfer. So effectively a, a new wild card 
um, that will allow you to remake your team ahead of game week 17, which will be very important because there should be, I would expect a lot of players, particularly anyone who goes deep into the tournament will have a little extra time off. And so I think that, that will be, it'll just, you know, it just means you don't have to like save two transfers for six weeks or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that'll be a really, um, it's a really smart way to do it. And then, uh, from there on out, you have, you'll have one more, tra- uh, one more wild card that you can use, um, in the second half of the season, whenever you want. So, um, you know, I saw some people posting earlier today. I mean, basically what you could do is you give yourself, um, you know, you can, you can think of the season in four quarters, right? It's sort of game weeks one through eight or nine, first wild card game weeks, nine through 16, you know, second wild card, the, the transfers, right? The World Cup transfers that you get. And then you'd have game weeks, um, you know, 17 to 28 or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you can play, and then you play your, your final wild card. So you could sort of think about your season in, in blocks of four, um, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of a cool way to do it. I mean, I, I, I think ultimately I'll end up playing my wild card super early the way I always do. I never plan to, but it usually happens. But yeah. I, I think that's actually a, a very clean way to think about it. If you can, if you can have the sort of discipline to, to think about the season that way, it kind of breaks things up very nicely so that you're constantly giving yourself, um, you know, kind of a, a fresh squad. Well, maybe we need an NBA style game clock uh, week to week on always cheating Josh, where we can say at what point in, you know, this quarter we are, how far yeah. away are we yeah, from, exactly. from that that tipping point to the next part of the season where you want to think about maybe using a wild card? I like that. So we have some other news that we have uh, reclassified players. Jota, Havertz, and Mbomo are forwards now. Uh, I I like all of those moves. I mean, the Mbomo one to me is kind of like, it feels kind of random. It's like Mbomo's a forward, but Zaha's not, you know, Mosala is not a forward still like, you know, it feels like they just kind of pluck a few and, and toss them into the forward bin just to just to add a little variety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess in Bomo. Yeah. As you say, maybe the most controversial one here. I mean, I, I sense a theme, though. Jota and Havertz both play through the middle, though they're not like classic number nines. So Mbomo plays a little bit through the middle, but he's also playing off of like a, a classic number nine and Ivan Tony. So right. it's it's interesting, but not one that I I think hugely impacts the game. Sure. I think what I what, what I'm interested in talking about as I've been toying around with various drafts is what are we what is our approach going to be to uh, with forwards in the game? And I feel yeah. like. My early prediction is that forwards are going to be the biggest component of the fantasy game this season. Yeah. Uh, I say this, Josh, even before a ball has been kicked. But <laughs> if it is true, and Bomo's le- uh, reclassification as a forward basically means nothing because we will, this will be the last time we ever discuss him. Well, it kind of depends, right? I mean, if you uh, if you have if you try to find uh, you know a, a forward line with Holland and. Uh, kind of anybody, even, even someone like Gabriel Jesus, right. is 8 million. Like you're going to, you're going to need a cheapie in there. Like when I was thinking with my team, I ended up with players like Greenwood up front, mm-hmm. you know, just to like, just to fill, just to fill the spot. So I, I think, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I think what, you know, I, I was, I was reading an article, um, that Mark Southern's had put together about, uh, about forest, you know, one of the, one of the newly promoted teams. And we'll, we'll be talking about them more soon in the podcast, but you know, they're, they're a club a little bit like your club Fulham where, um, it's kind of hard to know what the team's going to look like because uh, Forrest had so many um, loanees who were kind of their top players last season. And so 
you know, I, it could be that we end up getting some players who, you know, we already saw it today. It looks like Pereira is going to move from Man United to Fulham, right? 4.5 million midfielder. You know, it's, it, I think we could end up seeing a couple of forwards move from some of the bigger clubs to, um, you know, to the promoted clubs or to some, you know, or, or, you know, or somewhere, I mean, you know, sort of like Daniel James last season, right. When he mm-hmm. moved from, from Man United to, to Leeds. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, I think the, the cheapies end up being a factor just because like, if you, if you're going to play three forwards, it's gonna be hard to have three um, expensive guys. I, I think, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just, you know, I, I, that's, this is the classic problem that you have when you start putting together that first team ahead of game week one, which is that everyone feels incredibly essential, uh-huh. right? You're like, well, <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne was absolutely insane. The, the end of last season, I've got to find a way to fit in my team. But, oh, you know, you'll 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 take a look at my draft further down the running order here, Josh, and you'll uh, you'll notice uh, I've run into a pretty big, pretty big problem there, uh, trying <laughs> to squeeze in a couple of strikers. Yeah, and we've got some listener questions about Salah and Holland and others that we'll get to in a bit. But just uh, back on the reclassified players for a second, uh, Sergi Kanos is now a defender, which um, I don't know. I'm not a big enough Brentford fan to. I, to you know accept that or i, I can accept it brandon but I, but <laughs> okay. to, you know i it's i was a little surprised I, I didn't i don't think of him as a as a defender but uh it's actually it's, in, in some ways it's kind of too bad because if he was a five million midfielder he'd mm-hmm. be more appealing than he is as a five million defender right um and Stuart dallas is back in the defender spot too so that is interesting that i yeah. i don't get that one um i don't know if if fpl towers is privy to some some signings that we're not dallas didn't Jesse play Marsh. fullback at all last season did yeah. he i don't think he did it. tyler adams is now making his way to fulham to or uh, to leeds as well yeah it's it's the whole rb leipzig gang getting back together Crazy. again i think yeah. yeah i mean tyler adams we'll we'll see i'm i i don't have a ton to say about about Tyler Adams or what I've seen of him in the U S shirt has not been, you know, wildly amazing. So yeah, it's still exciting that I have two Americans and an American manager. It's kind of a, um, I don't know. I mean, well, there's really never been an American manager who stuck around for as long as Marsh has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eat yeah, your heart out, Bob Bradley. Yeah, exactly. He's brought in, brought in a couple of players too. Aronson, I'm actually kind of excited about. I think, I think he could mm-hmm. really, he's also cheaper than like all of the other leads yeah. midfielders for some reason. Aronson. Um, yeah. Yes. And just as a side note, I watched a lot of the U S under 20, uh, gold cup, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever cup, um, North American cup and Paxton Aronson, Brendan's younger brother won the golden boot. Looks amazing. So yeah. yeah didn't they just, they just qualified for the, uh, for the Olympics, right? Yes. And yeah. the under 20 world cup sort of simultaneously. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, and then, you know, we have a couple of other moves, which is, uh, some, some, mid, uh, forwards who became midfielders <laughs> and, uh, I don't really know about any of these, but you know, same. I mean, I mean, I'm fine with the moves. I don't know if I, I'm interested in these players. Uh, you have Saint Maxman, who was classified as a forward last year. Now he's a midfielder. As is your boy Brandon Joe Linton. <laughs> I'm probably excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you, you have three more of your boys, uh, which is uh, Huang, uh, Rodrigo, and Ayu. Ayu hmm. uh, uh, is like the most forward player ever. Like, that guy is not a midfielder, but all right. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't get this at all. Yeah, it's like the, the Amazon Prime show, the uh, the boys. This is basically a shout out to that show. Um, <laughs> all my boys. Uh, yeah, this is this is funny. I mean, Joe Linton makes a ton of sense. That was a big narrative arc at Newcastle is how Eddie Howe redefined Joel, Joel, Joel Ellington, however, uh, yeah. as a like midfield dynamo. St. Max, uh, certainly with Callum Wilson healthy and now Chris Wood there, there's no need for to classify St. Max as a forward. This all makes sense, except for, as you say, uh, are you? Yeah, no. Wang, Wang and Rodrigo. No, I guess I guess none of these really make sense again, except for Newcastle. <laughs> it's I, I mean, I will acknowledge that it's tricky for them for the game. Like I I am not unsympathetic to how hard it is to, to do to do all this stuff. Right. Like it is like, you know, I mean, because what is the difference between Huang, who is a forward not classified as a midfielder and Mbomo? Like, don't they kind of have like the same sort of role, right? Like, this yeah, sort of, you're missing a lot of nuance there, Josh. That's the problem. I, I must be. It must be. Yeah. So uh, Francis says, uh, overall, how well do you think they did on prices and position changes? What are your what's your kind of general thoughts? We can talk specifics later, but what are your general thoughts on prices and position changes? Overall, good. I think it's I think it's good. Uh, I'm happy with it. I like that. There are some premium players that are priced reasonably. I mean, getting Holland at 11.5, I think that's like right where everyone kind of predicted. Yep. But that's, I think, him and, and Kane emblematic of me feeling positive about putting these drafts together. Every player seems attainable to me, except uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Hungman's son, I would say. I think it yeah. was... Uh, you have these every season. You got these like kill shots to certain beloved players. And I think Son at 12 million is probably yeah. going to be tough to fit into any team, especially if you're uh, in the same camp as I am. I think you are too, Josh, that Kane is probably going to have a pretty solid uh, bounce back this season under Conte prepping yeah. for England in the World Cup. I, I think so too. Uh, I mean, Kane is sort of a notorious slow starter. And Holland is sort of kind of notorious is the right word, but Holland had an incredible start to his career at Dortmund. Um, absolutely, on, you know, insane, right? Like mm -hmm. a, I think it was like an early hat trick in the Champions League or something like that. It was just incredible uh, when he joined the club a couple of years ago. I'm really on the fence about Holland right now. Um, maybe just because I'm like, it's like, you know, the last article you read is, is influenced you a little bit. But I, mm -hmm. I, I read an article earlier today about how um, – just about the like the kind of the Bundesliga attacks and how um, it really it is a pretty big adjustment because it's so much more open uh, in the Bundesliga than it is the Premier League and players who come over you know uh, forward players really struggle to uh, find space at least initially and I think um, you know this there was like a, a series of clips it was basically like four shots of Holland like five feet in front of the closest defender, you know, like a, like a third of the pitch in front of him, just nobody there. And well, I just, or hey, the guy, yeah. the guy is also five feet taller than everybody. I mean, I think his, his body alone is going to make up for whatever difference in tactics. I mean, this guy that's is going to be like, like, that's going to be like uh that's, that's, that's worth like eight offside goals a, a season, right? Yeah. We're, we're not talking about Shinji Kagawa here. This is, <laughs> this is in just, elite athletic uh i mean I, I okay let me stop comparing kagawa and holland immediately <laughs> but just all to say holland is a unique athletic specimen yeah. uh for, for 
what's going to be happening at City. I, well, we know nothing about what's going on in this preseason. Holland is reported for duty. I think we'll know a lot more as we start to see uh, various uh, lineups and tactics. I think the most interesting thing about Holland is less Holland and more how he's going to impact the myriad other city players around him because yeah. you know, that's been the curse of city in fantasy the last couple of seasons for, for, I guess for a long time now is they have all these players we want, but we can never figure out which one to get. Yeah. Uh, and, and if Holland sort of establishes an anchor, so to speak of an, an attack and there is now we can draw a straight line from De Bruyne to Holland to goal or, yeah. you know, what well, ideally it would be Jack Grealish to Holland because that's yeah. what we can afford. Uh, in do, you, do you think that the five subs, uh, it feels like, you know, okay. I will say two things. One is that the, we, we went, we had a season of five subs already and it was not, it did not dramatically affect the game. So I don't want to make too much of a deal about this, but it does feel like Holland, especially early on could be a little more likely to be one of the subs, right? Like if I, like, especially if, you know, Pep feels like he's not fitting into the system well enough, or he's not, he doesn't feel like he's pressing enough, you know, like any, any number of reasons, right. That, that, that might get him pulled, you know, early on. And so I think, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel that that like, I, I hear what you're saying about the direct line, but you also like, there's gonna be the champions league. It's a lot of matches too early on this season. I mean, I don't know if you've, you know, how closely you've looked at the schedule, but early on, it's like, you know, there's the, usually in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a, you know, quote unquote normal season, you'd have, you know, three weeks or four weeks of matches. And then you have that first international break, right. Mm-hmm. And then matches resume and you're kind of on a Saturday, Sunday schedule for the first eight weeks or so. Um, and this time around, there's no first international break. And so you have something like seven weeks of matches, I think before, before there's any kind of break. And that even includes a midweek run of fixtures. So it's a lot of games and you have five subs and he's a new player and he might struggle to adjust, you know, space wise. So I think I, I do think that Holland, but it's also like, I mean, I would also believe it if he just like had a hat trick in the first game. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't want to like totally be like, I'm. but I think the more I think about the more I do find King to be like a player or, or, or possibly KDB. Yeah. Right. As like the player, I'm just a little more inclined to go with just because yep. we've been mm-hmm. burned before on, on, um, on transfers from different leagues. Hey listeners, Brandon here. Our next partner, Athletic Greens, has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because during the last two years, my routine went so out of whack that skipping breakfast honestly became a bad habit. And now I've been on AG1 for about three months, and I love it. I really do. It's easy, it's fast, and I'm feeling energized each morning. And with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, sleep habits, all of the things. And a few other things that you're going to love about AG1, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's got this little citrus bite to it, which I really enjoy. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. 
And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make things easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you, an always cheating listener, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash always cheating. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash always cheating to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm glad that you brought up Kane and Kevin De Bruyne as a defense because what I hate to see happen in these preseason conversations is I find it difficult to fit this really expensive player into my team. Therefore, I will mount an argument as to why I don't need to have <laughs> right. Right, uh, right. which you haven't done. And I yeah. appreciate that. So yeah. it's, I think, I think we need to be wary of those arguments. Then. I think in general, as you start to build your, your game week one squad, right? I have a five minute version that we can talk about in a second. I think you dropped yours in as well. Yeah. As we begin to think about your game week one squad, I think the a real genuine mistake is to, is to take your team too seriously this early on in the season, because what ends up happening is you get married to certain players and mm-hmm. it's, you, it, you get, you get sort of, like you said, kind of stuck in. And sometimes it's not even like, you know, it's, it's not even like a player that, um, is that good? Right. Like I, like Pedro Neto, it just, it, it's increasingly <laughs> popular. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, can like wolves score goals now? Like when did that start happening? You know, it's like, it's like all these like sort of, you know, just like, they it's got like, that temp V. Is that what it is? The ten, the, the the V. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, forget I said that. It's an inside <laughs> joke for all my friends out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, Neto, like I, I, you know, I, it's not that I don't understand his appeal, right? He was out with an injury for a long time. He came back late last season. He looked impressive. He's five point five million. It fits. It's a price that fits into a lot of squads. But to me, 
like it seems a lot more exciting to go with someone like Brendan Aronson or, or, you know, promoted. There's almost always a 5.5 million guy in one of these promoted teams. that's yeah. more exciting. But, but the, the point is I don't really know who I want yet for that spot. And I'm not, I'm not married to anybody, nor am I married to any of the top players, even Mo Salah. And the only thing, Brendan, that stops me from, from going Salah and I, I don't want to keep doing this thing where I keep saying we're going to talk about this later, but just I, I do want to talk about this more later. Let's but just let's go. Let's, let's just go. Should we just do it? All right, let's just let's do just it. Let's just do it. Come on. All right. Well, here's the here's the thing about Salah. They play Fulham in game week one. Like, <laughs> am I really? We go saw without? this happen. <laughs> I mean, it happens every season. Um, even even when uh, Liverpool opened against Leeds and yeah. Leeds took it to them and scored like three goals on that. What did yeah. Liverpool do? What did Salah do? They scored, just scored boatloads of goals. Yeah. Game yeah. week one is made for Mo Salah. <laughs> it's so true. There's no way I'm not going to have Mo Salah when they play Fulham in game week one. Yeah. So, you know, to me, the question is, who else do I, what other, what three Liverpool players do I have is really the only question I have to solve. So, you know, it, it's kind of annoying because I think that you can make a strong argument for going without Salah long term this season. Um, you know, he, he's 13 million, right? It's, it's so much money. You can get KDB for a million cheaper. And Salah was not strong the second. No. Basically, once he got back from AFCON last year, he was really not. He's had know, the summer off, strong. though, Josh, and he doesn't yep. have the World Cup to tend with. So, yeah, you know, while while everyone else is in Qatar, you know, trying not to have heat stroke. Yeah. Salah's going to be uh, kicking back in Liverpool and yeah. uh, just, you know, posting cool training videos. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think that Sa- the Salah lock is just one of those things that's going to be hard for me to get away from. I, I don't, I, I, it's hard for me to even see myself kind of talking myself yeah. out of it. Holland versus De Bruyne versus you know, Kane versus son, even mm-hmm. like, I mean, son was some the highest score last season. If he, I, maybe he was like second after, um, he was just behind Mo. He was just behind Mo. Right. So, you know, I mean, I, I you know, so I don't want to like totally just dismiss son as 90 either, but I think, you know, I, I think basically it's going to be solid for me plus one hugely expensive player. And then from there, I'm going to try to be open and different. And the thing that I am really committed to this season is not, looking at other people's teams <laughs> yeah. I, like you can't avoid it to a certain degree but i don't want to I, I i just don't want to look I, I i feel like it, it got in my head last year i ended up with luke shaw at the start of the season <laughs> last year i don't like luke shaw i didn't want him on my team but i kept seeing people's squads and it was like it slowly mm-hmm. sunk into me that i had to have luke shaw and i'm not going to play that effective ownership safety game this year i just mm-hmm. refuse to do it if i have most solid in game week one it's because i think he's going to score the most points i'm going to captain him yeah. you know and that's just how i'm going to really approach it this season i'm really going to try to actually do a little bit of research and, and try to study and, and, be, and be as smart as i can about this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna avoid somebody just because they are popular i mean yeah. you know looking at my squad right now I have, I have plenty of players that are that are some of the most popular players i've got reese james i've got gabriel jesus um you know and so there's there is a lot of um you know I, there are a lot of players that i have that i that i think are um that kind of everybody's going to have everybody listen to this podcast at least. Uh, but I think, you know, at, at the margins, I mean, I can just go through my team real quickly here, Brandon, right now I've got, uh, and this is, again, this is my five minute team, right? Um, so let's, let's take that, you know, for what it is, but <laughs> I, I have, okay, here's the first, here's the opening one, Brandon, which mm-hmm. is, I have, I have Emmy Martinez as my keeper over your boy, Mendy. 
Now I know you, you've had many, many, many times over the years. Um, mm-hmm. it has not worked out great for you, right? Rarely. If yeah, ever. rarely. And I, I think everyone's getting very excited. These 5 million, but I mean, to me, I'd, I'd much rather have Emmy Martinez who just gets like a absolute insane number of saves <laughs> and, and Villa have a great start to the season. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards Martinez at the moment. Uh, and then I've got, uh, Reese James, who kind of everybody has, uh, Kieran Trippier, you know, we'll see if that one lasts. Um, just kind of seems like fun. They play Forest game week one. Uh, and then Andy Robertson. And where are you on the Robbo versus Trent debate? This is a keep it simple, stupid one for me. Uh, what does that even mean? I don't know. Um, I'm going with Trent. I like Trent. I think yeah. I enjoy watching Trent play. That to me is going to be the deal breaker between Robbo and Trent at this time. Yeah, that 0.5 million is making a big difference for me right now. I think that's I think that's where I kind of that's what's that's what's uh, put me in the Robbo camp. I just thought like the second half of last season, Robbo really emerged as the superior yeah. FPL asset, and yeah. um, you know maybe that changes. I mean, you know, we don't really know how Liverpool are gonna kind of look this year, right? I mean, without Sadio Mane, does, does, does Mane's absence make Rabo less valuable? I'm not really sure because I think Luis Diaz is so brilliant that I'm not he sure is. it really makes a big difference. He is. You're, you're certainly more sure of Liverpool down the right-hand side with Trent and Salah who have played together for eons now. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to do the psychological analysis of World Cup coming up in the winter, Scotland is out of contention, whereas Trent, you can tell when Trent got left off the Euro uh, squad by, uh, I can't remember the England guy's name, Gary Southfield. What the? Gareth Southgate? (laughs) Gareth. Gary Southfield. Let's just call him Gary Southfield. (laughs) Um, Gareth Southgate left him off, and that that seemed to really light a fire under Trent last season. So I'm curious to see what he does in the open to open the premier league season to make sure he's on that uh, Qatar squad. So across the midfield. And again, I don't want to, I'm just having some fun right now. Like this is not like, I, I, I guarantee no judges, like, nine of the players in this squad are not going to be in my squad come game week one, but it's fun to just start tinkering this early on. So uh, I've got Salah and De Bruyne. I've decided that De Bruyne is my, my second premium of choice. Um, nice run of early fixtures for, for man city. And I think, I think I just trust KDB a little more than I trust Erling Holland, and I'm worth. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay the extra 0.5 million difference there. Uh, Luis Diaz is again. I, I don't want to have anyone who's like a mortal lock, but I really, really feel good about him at eight million. I think that he is underpriced. I thought he would come in at closer to nine or nine point five, and so to have him at eight million just feels like incredible value to the player who is basically taking Sadio Mane's spot in that squad, right? I mean, that, that's his spot now, right? That left, I, I know yeah. that Jota can play there as well, but I think that, I think it really is going to be Luis Diaz's spot. I, I agree. I think it's Diaz on the left and then uh, Nunez and Jota are going to probably be subbing in for each other down the middle. That's what I think too. And yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that I see, maybe there's a way to fit Jota somewhere in that midfield or something like that. Or, I mean, I know he's classified as a forward now, but I, yeah, it's, it's hard to see how, unless they play Jota as like a reverse, reverse out of position midfielder. Oh, we'd you know, love to see like it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I've got I've got Aronson in there, and I think that's just that was just kind of for fun. I was looking for a five. Fourth of July was this weekend. Yeah, you were exactly. Very patriotic towards yeah, America. A five point five. The disc. but he is the, he's the cheapest midfielder on Leeds, and Leeds have a pretty strong start to the season. So, yeah. uh, I, I you know I think it's like I, I think that fourth midfield spot that should be the punt spot in my opinion. Like if you're if you're like oh my team is so boring it looks like everybody else's. That fourth midfielder that, you know, or if you're doing or fifth, if you're doing like more of a three, five, two, that's the spot where you can really be a little different, you know? And I I think that it just gives you, it just means every week you've got at least one player who's kind of your, your player, you know, that just makes, it makes the game a lot more fun in my opinion. If one player was kind of your player. For sure. Uh, and then up front, it's just it's just a total mess. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't you Look know, at this! Oh my yeah, god, M- Mitro, <laughs> him. I was really just having fun. Mitro, Jimenez, and Gabriel Jesus. Now Jesus, I like. I mean, at eight million, I mean, uh-huh. he's starting right off the bat. You don't you don't bring him in to 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 rotate rotate him the way Pep did, right? So I think that he's the he's the one of these of these forwards. If I'm not going to go with yeah. Holland or Kane that I'm, you know, kind of excited about. But again, you can already see the problem here, which is that I have no Spurs. <laughs> I have one player for Man City. Like, this is clearly not going to work. I and so, so then it's like, I also how do you love start how emotionally in? broken all of your strikers look, too, from, from Mitro to Jimenez to Jesus. It's not a good look, you know, and I was just making fun of Wolves for not being able to score. So I think Jimenez is going to have to go. I love his price, though, at $7 million. I mean, uh, that, sure. is, that is price to buy at $7 yeah. million. I feel like there was a, a real toll taken uh, – uh, for better or worse, on performances last season where Jimenez downturn drops mm-hmm. in price, and yeah. that could work to our advantage. Yeah. Sun overperforms, skyrockets in price, could be bad. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think it. I think on the whole, as you're pointing out, though, Josh, there there are lots of cheap guys with high ceilings already. Yeah, and I think that it's it's only we should only get more of them. I think over the next uh, couple of weeks. So, how different does your team look then, Brandon? That you, well, this, again, this is your your two minute tinker. My two minute team looks different in that I only have fourteen players. Uh, I have fourteen <laughs> players because I'm missing one midfielder, and this I is only cheating. have one. You have one point five million <laughs> in your bank and another yeah. player. So I, I took this screenshot of this team just to remind myself of hmm, players I like. Okay. Um, but the my my like thinking in my early tinker was Nick Pope. Uh, and so you're thinking Emmy Martinez because he's a more all action goalkeeper than somebody like Mendy. He's going to save more shots. Right. And that's typically what we see is goalkeepers in fantasy who see more action tend to fare better in point scoring. Uh, and I think Newcastle have it in them to keep more clean sheets than a team like Brentford. Uh, during the first half of the season. And Nick Pope is an insanely good shot stopper. So at 5.0, and I think I said this on last week's podcast, is if Pope comes in at 5.0, how is he not a mortal lock on everybody's team? Well, I think... Um, we didn't expect yeah. Mendy to be 5.0. <laughs> I, think I that's didn't part expect of it. that. Yeah, and well, and I, I mean, Martinez is 5.5 at the start of last season, too. And uh, and I think Jose Sa, I think, came in at uh, 5 million as well. So you have, you have Jordan, a lot of... Pa- Jordan Pickford is... 4.5. That is a stone cold diss on <laughs> Everton. That is, yeah. I, I'd say that's more of a, we now consider Everton to be yeah. uh, horrendous than, than yeah. Pickford England's number one. 
Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of uh, the 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 keeper pool. I think is an area where I, I, you know, I was talking about the the the, you know the your final starting midfielder spot being a place where you can have some fun. I I don't know that you necessarily need to default to having Mendy as your as your keeper. I think that's the point you and I are both Mm kind of getting at right now. Even though your team has uh, your you have 103 million team that you're trying to pass off as a as a real team. I'll Uh, find a way. (laughs) But I think, uh, but I I think yeah, you could look at the 4.5 millions or you know the thing. about Chelsea's defense is um, I think it's fine to have someone like Reese James, but um, I think that it's because uh, he's just so dynamic and can, you know, he obviously can get clean sheets, but uh, he also is, you know, basically like a, you know, like a, like a wide player, um, mm-hmm. like a, you know, advanced wide player and, and uh, Tuchel system uh, is that um, I'm not sure how they're going to look next season. I mean, they have um, there were no Rudiger and yeah. um, there, there's a working theory still. that if, if they're whittling down the stock of center backs, that Tuchel goes to a back four and that could be a problem for Chilwell and James uh, yeah. down the line. Yeah. So we'll yeah. See. yeah. Yeah. Chilwell. I, yeah. I actually, it's funny cause I was like, Oh, the left back things on settlement. It's still like hard for me to see Chilwell's like a, every week start just cause he was out for so long. But I, uh, you know, I think he'll, it's certainly his spot. I mean, I think yeah. Alonzo was priced at 5 million or 5.5. Like he's, yeah. they, they don't think he's going to be starting. Certainly. Yeah. Well, apart from Chelsea, so I, I kind of established this with Pope, I think Newcastle and Leicester are teams, two teams that are really, affordably priced in defense. So I've gone for Fafana and Trippier like you. Uh, Char, uh, I I liked and had some luck with toward the end of last season. I think Char benefited from some injuries and that got injured himself, but he benefited from Trippier being out of the squad with injury by taking some set pieces. And he's quite, he's uh, quite good at them. So I like Char at 4.5 if we see that he's starting regularly. Uh, but you know, Tri- Trippier seems like uh, the better pick. Nico Williams, I I just like this could be a huge problem. If Nico Williams ends up going to Forest over Fulham, that could mm-hmm. mean that Fulham are just uh, going to have a terrible season because yeah. Nico went to Craven Cottage uh, during the, for the second half of the championship campaign for Fulham, had a great time, looked great, played for an amazing team. For him to want to... Uh, not sign permanently there and go to Forest tells me there's something deeply wrong in Fulham's current transition to the Premier League. So that's uh, got you me. I think so. I mean, because they, they had a very terrific season last year. And I mean, obviously, just even beyond Mitchell. So why like would why would Nico Williams not sign his name? Maybe they're too so good. Like, Maybe he doesn't feel like he could start there. <laughs> like, I guess that would be that 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 is like the ultimate. No, that, the, that is the ultimate <laughs> like disaster. If you're one of these like squad players in a top team is that you get bumped down you know to a promoted squad and then you aren't even good enough to start for that squad it's very dangerous Brandon. very dangerous spot to find yourself yeah yeah which is why he needs to get out of liverpool exactly what you're saying (laughs) there okay so but anyway regardless i think uh i think you're right that williams is trying to find a team where he will be a starter so there's your 4.0 Defender. I went for Trent and then Cancelo. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to figure out which one of these I have to drop. Yeah. Salah in the midfield. Grealish. Uh, very much wishful thinking with Jack Grealish at the moment. Absolutely transfixed by his uh, training ground photos that he posted to Instagram last week. Like, man, yeah. man is a god. Yeah. Uh, Odegaard. Like <laughs> he was a god, Brandon. But we'll see if he comes back. You know, is he yeah. a fallen god? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martin Odegaard, uh, you know, why, why give up now? I say, but yeah, this is, I, I am really compelled by Jesus as well, but I'm, 
I'm really curious to see what happens with Arsenal's attack at the start of the season. I think if everything goes according to Arteta's plan, we're going to have our choice of a lot of uh, affordable players. Saka at 8, Odegaard at 6.5. Vieira also at six point five yeah. or six point like, oh. Again, I just I love that you're you're sharing this team of of this hundred and three million team uh, yeah. that has Kane and Holland and Salah in it. And then I like you didn't even go with the four point five. You went with Declan Rice yeah. at five million over four point five. Even then, you got greedy. <laughs> yeah. What's so funny is you get to this point where you're like, well, fifth midfielder. All right, I'll find a 4.5 guy who probably won't play mm-hmm. uh, or I'll never play him. I mean, I'm already like 5 million in the hole. So what's an extra 0. 0.5? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, you know, once you're already there, yeah. you're, you're so far gone. I, uh, yeah. I, I like Declan Gambler's Rice getting fallacy. the uh, yeah. I like Declan Rice getting the Mark Noble bump this season. I want to see <laughs> penalties uh, passed down to Declan Rice. And yeah, I think what what got me really stuck in my early tinkering was I was I am still trying to find a way to get Salah, Kane, and Holland, all three of them yeah. into one squad. And it seems virtually impossible, I have to say. Yeah, I think you'd have to, you know, I mean, okay, here's like a couple things you could do, right? So you turn Tony into Mbomo, saves you a million. You turn Cancelo into Diaz, that saves you another million. You turn Bryce into a 4.5, that saves you um, another 0.5, right? So that's 2.5 million right there. So, you've, you, so yeah. now you've gone from you know, 1.5 million, um, or 3 million away from, from having a, a working mm-hmm. team to like 0.5 million away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. then you are, you're starting to get closer. I love that you have Odegaard in there. There's no way you're going to have Odegaard in game week one. The, the, you cannot carry over this Odegaard love from last season, Brandon. <laughs> I refuse to let it happen. I'm going to, we'll see. Gonna, we'll see. The bandwagon is you better building. set up. I mean, you better set up two factor authentication. Or I'm going to go in there and take, <laughs> take it with your team. You, you saw the Pedro Neto bandwagon building. I'm seeing, I'm seeing signs that the Ogardesance mm-hmm. is upon us. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll get back. Got a few listener questions to close out the all right brian we got lots of listener questions uh a lot of them i think were were a little too specific for for this week's pod you know i kind of want this to be an intro like it's a celebration like like you said a celebration of the game being back which i'm feeling it i'm feeling the energy right now i think i think the late start helped both of us too right (laughs) like it sometimes again, like sometimes they, they just launch it too soon. And it feels like yeah. now it's like we both, we've ever, me, you, and everyone who plays the game and loves it have had a little extra time to yes. miss it, you know? Yes. And I think that's how I'm feeling right now. So, hello, old friend, FPL. So, exactly, good to see you. exactly. And in the, in the community of people that I hang out with as a result <laughs> of your existence. Um, so, first question is uh, at a glance, who seems overpriced and who seems underpriced? Uh, I have a couple of th- players that I listed here, Brent. I don't know if anybody, before I get into mine, anybody stands out to you or when you saw the prices, you thought, man, this guy is just way overpriced or way <laughs> underpriced. Anybody yeah, stood out I, to you? I mentioned Sun before, and I do think that he's way overpriced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think I kind of established why. I, I, um, so that was the first that came to mind. I thought Chelsea assets... I benefited from like just such a ho-hum season that FPL chose not to really touch them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like we established some reservations about Chelsea in our last section, but still there is a ton of value. Uh, Christian Pulisic at 6.5 is 
God forbid Pulisic you know, go to a team that I would actually, actually start him regularly. I but. miss that Pulisic price, by the way. That is that's really low. Yeah, wow. I, I, yeah. I don't know if they just ran some algorithm that was like this kid didn't play at all. Yeah. Uh, therefore, we must drop his price uh, by one point five or, or whatever it was. Yeah. So um, I think specifically Chelsea and Arsenal attack. I think are uh, very enticingly priced. Uh, uh, and, and if they get off on the right foot, I think people are going to race to, yeah. uh, they're going to race to sign them up, Josh. That's true. I mean, I, I'm not a believer in Havertz and don't plan on having them in my squad, but, um, they are not priced like a champions league team, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're the, the price is kind of across the board. Uh, I mean, you know, Mason Mount alone, right? Do you see how, like how ripped he's gotten? It's kind of crazy. It's no, I have photos it. I like that. that. Yeah. It was like a before and it was like Mason Mount two years ago. Mason Mount today. It looks like a. Looks like he ate a second Mason Mount. Like he looks, and, and, and but like in a in a in a in a good way, you know. It's sure. like he's just like he's just huge, jacked now. So I don't know if that makes you any better or not. At well, play, that was but, a, but that Ronaldo's was with, jacked, so I don't know, you know. <laughs> but he's lean. He's sinewy. This was an issue with Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan, one off season committed to putting on more muscle, and yeah. then it destroyed his jump shot, a jump shot for yeah. like a few months, and he had to retrain him. Tiger Woods went through the same thing of messed up his swing by hitting the gym too hard yeah yeah so i don't know i you know and there's the mount rushmore you've got uh michael jordan tiger woods mason mount (laughs) the big the big three yeah exactly the big the big four uh sorry messy um so i I, the couple that i thought were a little under um i talked about luis diaz already phil foden at eight million i mean Folden is a is a weird one, as we all know. He, he can be in and out of that squad a little bit. His position can can change a little bit. He's the one player in that squad who can will kind of inexplicably play zero minutes. You know, and like some, it'll be some match where it's like, you know, they're they're losing one nil, and you know, it's the seventieth minute. And you're like, how have they not brought this guy in yet? You know, um, but I mean, you know, I'm clearly Pups won the league like what for the last five years, so he he knows what he's doing. But it still seems surprising to me that he doesn't play. Um, that, that, you know, so anyway, so Foden at 8 million, you mentioned Grealish already. I think that it's, um, Grealish to me is hugely valuable. If Raheem Sterling leaves this summer, there is a, at least a chance that Sterling leaves this summer. There's actually some talk of him going to, to, to Chelsea. Uh, I know Rafinha has been a little rumored with Chelsea as well. So, um, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens there. But if, if Sterling went to Chelsea, then I think that really opens up some space for Grealish. And I, I think it's just a problem right now with Grealish, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, he was when he was at his best. My, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a Villa supporter, but in my opinion, when he was at his best for Villa was when he was, you know, just coming down that left flank, right, and just mm-hmm. like creating chances for everybody, and just sort mm-hmm. of being so dynamic. And and it doesn't really work uh, with with Raheem Sterling over there, you know, or Gabriel. Well, I guess Jason was really playing more in the right, but like. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I feel like there were other players that were kind of occupying. Well, Cancelo would kind of go over there and, and, uh, you know, basically solo on a guitar. Uh, Grealish (laughs) was like, what is going on here? He's like, Cancelo's like that guy in uh, the Mad Max movie, right? With the flaming (laughs) guitar. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. By the way, Pulisic is 6.0. He's even cheaper than I thought. He's priced the same as Jorginho. Uh, which is, which is so funny. If he went on like a season loan to Brentford or something like that, he would be like 
he'd be in everybody. He'd be a hundred percent owned. I agree. Um, yeah. So God, man, I don't even know how to feel about that. That's almost, that's almost anti-American. To have him at 6 million. <laughs> what do you think about Marcus Rashford at 6.5, by the way? Um, that's it's crazy. Re- it's really wild. Um, I, I think this is like you, I, you asked, or I was saying how optimistic I'm feeling about this season because of all these high ceiling yeah. guys who got cheap price tags. I mean, Basically, you know, so many of them won't even break into the conversation at any point. But Rashford at 6.5 is that's really exciting. Yeah, it's like two and a half years ago. I remember him scoring a goal, like a penalty goal at PSG, you know, to Mm -hmm. to like advance being in the Champions League. And it's like I never would have thought in the moment that goal was rolling in that two years later, he'd be reclassified as a midfielder and priced at 6.5 million. Like that is just a crazy uh, chain of events that, that led to that. Um, so yeah, I think that he is, you know, he's kind of in that keep an eye on category, kind of like Grealish. I mean, I, it's, it's hard for me to have Grealish on my squad right now because, uh, it feels too risky still, you know, like I, I agree with you that I, I, I think that the value is there. Um, but I think that he's, um, is a little too risky. The other player that I'll throw in here, who I, I haven't seen anybody talk about, uh, is Bruno at 10 million. And yeah. if, if Ronaldo leaves, Bruno is hugely appealing again that's what i was saving that spot that hole in my midfield was for 10 million 110 110 million uh, (laughs) we have to shave a little bit more off of those those players (laughs) to go down to a kyle walker perhaps (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah to fit him in um so that those are the players that i think are are underpriced uh you know i I actually think reese james at six million falls in the underpriced category as well um Mm -hmm. when what you know he just missed some time with injury but when healthy he was yeah, arguably the single most explosive fantasy player in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he had some bad moments near the end, but that, that team just kind of felt like, you know, went off the rails a little bit too. It's not really his fault. Um, except for that one own goal. Um, so uh, <laughs> when it comes to overpriced, uh, a couple stand out to me somewhat unfairly, I feel like to both of them. Uh, one is Vardy at 9.5 million. I mean, historically, I think you, um, you can understand why he's priced that way, but Given his age, given the what what felt like a real decline that we saw last season, mm-hmm. uh, along with injuries, which is not wholly unsurprising. At, I mean, the guy was ageless forever, right? It was well, kind of it's a it's a Wagatha and, yeah. Christie sort of a thing because I remember FPL doing the same thing to Wayne Rooney, or even when when Rooney yeah. uh, was was on the decline and and moving yeah. away from Manchester United, FPL still upraised him a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And then it was finally like his last season. He was like a five million midfielder for Everton or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I think that it's it, it is kind of tricky, um, you know, where to price him. But I, I think nine nine point five just seems too high. I mean, he could get out to a good start, but I just I, I can't see myself finding the the the, the money for. I'm for a little. I'm I'm feeling optimistic about Leicester. Because like I, I really enjoyed bagging on Leicester last season. They were uh-huh. having a nightmare with the Europa Conference League and so many injuries. But now they don't have to mess with the exterior competition. They've got more fit players back. Yeah, I think it. I think they could be like a West Ham something. type type team at the start of the season. I think it's possible, but again, I. I I can't, I'm not willing to take a flyer, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the, I think that's the big, the big difference there. Um, the other, the, the trio, Brent, I'm going to lump them all together here, which is, uh, Jack Harrison, 
Daniel James, Rodrigo, all your boys, all mm-hmm. three of them, uh, mm-hmm. all all at six million at Leeds. Why are they all? They're all they're all six million midfielders. Why are any of them priced that high? Like <laughs> five point five should be the absolute highest for any of them. And I honestly think that Jack Harrison should be at five million. I mean, I don't know how did he deserve five like six million? It's way too high. It seems like a lack of imagination, I guess. And and Brendan Aronson, how much does he cost? 5.5. 5. Okay. he's So the again, the American, uh, I don't know, what some kind of disinflation is happening right now at the American <laughs> price. Tyler Adams is going to come in at the, he's going to be the first 3.5 million player. I, I mean, think, have you Adam seen whether the, the Facebook stock is like, is like tanking <laughs> right now too? So I don't know. It's, it is, it right could now. be an American thing. Yeah. And then uh, finally, uh, fairly, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, goalkeepers, um, I think, have been, um, if it's, I don't know if the word is fairly or funly, Brandon. I feel like they're they're funly priced. I like even, price even, for fun. Price for fun. Even the most expensive, even the, even the best keepers are five point five million, right? You have Ederson at five point five, and um, and um, Allison at five point five. Those are not crazy prices. For those, I'll tell you those this, Josh. Keepers. As somebody who has gotten on the the, the Apple box uh, mm-hmm. to talk about premium goalkeepers for years, yes, I feel like this is kind of undercutting me. This uh, is the devil on your shoulder right now, <laughs> trying to get you yeah. <laughs> to do. And I'm this. just like, no, I'm out. I like committed yeah. to being out. What is this? What are you doing to me? So, yeah. But but yeah. I like I like that they've priced these goalkeepers for fun. Um, I don't like that they have. Uh, they're trying to uh, price fix on premium premium goalkeepers. We all know that Allison and Ederson are actually 6.0. So you know what? I don't know what this is. Yeah, there's some interesting choices made. I mean, I, I almost think like one of the choices that they should have made. You know, I don't like to get too caught up in the player prices that the FL game comes with. All right, it's, it's like they they price them and then we adjust, right? Uh, and it's and, you know, I think the only um, I think there's enough variety this season. Enough, enough strong players have been to the league to give us uh, a lot of variety this year. Yeah. I think you could have priced most solid like 15 million. You know, I think that would have really led to some really hard choices. You know, are you willing to spend 15 million on most solid? And I think at that point you really have to consider not having him. You know. And if they did that, that yeah, what do yeah. you think his ownership would be at start at the start of game week one? Less than question. 50? I think it'd be less than 50. I think it would be 30 or 40, though. I think it'd still yeah. be quite high. I mean, you, have to, you. you have to think of just Liverpool supporters, too, right? Who would just have them at any cost. That actually brings me to uh, the next question is from Hammer. He says, uh, who do you think would be the most highly owned player going into game week one? Mm, it's a it's a toss up yeah. between Sala and Trent. I yeah, guess. let me tell you who are the who the most highly owned players are at this at this very minute. Okay, mm-hmm. just to give you a little a little okay. perspective here, let's sort by teams. Now, granted, this is a little skewed because um, there's a lot of auto mm-hmm. auto complete teams in there mm-hmm. from people so like us that Richarlison is uh, like yeah. top, the most top owned player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had Richarlison. I think. Uh, yeah, they gave me Ederson, uh, Perisic. It was. It was I think a, that yeah. there was there seemed to be a very stock auto pick team. Like everyone started yeah. with Ederson, Perisic, Richarlison, Holland. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. We haven't even talked about Richarlison to Spurs yet. That, that's a, that's a, it's gonna be its own podcast, Brian. We're gonna do a full hour on Richarlison to Spurs. Um, so yeah, we have you have Trent right now at fifty seven point eight percent, so massive ownership. Perisic at fifty point two, which is clearly uh, the auto, auto the auto complete situation. Cancelo at forty five point nine. 
I think that's pretty high. I mean, I, I'm actually not utterly convinced that he's worth seven million, but that's 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 a podcast for um, again for for next week. I think I think some of these, you know, we're, we're, the whole goal for us, kind of with 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 the preseason pods, is to kind of narrow our focus, kind of week by week, right? Like you don't want to you don't want to start comparing six million midfielders in the first podcast of the season, right? It's, it's just, it's mm-hmm. just too, it's just too specific, you know? And so um, it's just, you know, and again, I, I don't want to close. I don't want to, I don't want to get sort of locked in to a particular player yet either. You know, I'm sort of, I want, I want to keep my minds open. So yeah, anyway, you have a uh, trend at 57 um, and then uh, midfielders, you have solid 60.8%. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Uh, so he's at 60.8. That <laughs> wow. is incredibly a high. A bead of sweat just broke yeah. off on yeah. your forehead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Um, so you have him and then and then your Erlen Holland is at 64.6%. Two-thirds of the game on this guy. What <laughs> in the world? That is way too high. I'm sorry. That is too high. That really, it's going to be hard for me to see that not, <laughs> not have Erlen Holland, just to prove a point. Because for one thing, are you even going to captain him, right? If you have Mosala, I think you're going to end up captain for most of these matches, anyways. And so, 11.5 million on an unproven Bundesliga import is okay, as good as Holland right. is. Remember I'm game week one last sure season. Who yeah. were the two were the top, two top uh, players in game week one? Start Bruno and Sala. Yeah, is that right. How, yeah. how many of how many of them could you captain? Uh, one. Yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, you have so Mo, you have Holland. See. It's going to be great. Work. I know it's it's turning the anti Holland cast, even though I love Holland. So yeah, let's get, let's get off that. Um, All right. uh, Next question is from uh, speaking of Holland's from Cody Childress. He says, do you see Holland uh, being a Sala esque asset like last season? um, Like Sala was last season says guaranteed lock slash captured most of the season, or will Sala continue to reign supreme on majority ownership slash captaincy? This is going to be a, uh, uh, I don't know if this will track, but, uh, tell me if it does like a Schrodinger's cat sort of situation mm-hmm. leading up to game week one. Like is Holland in the box or, yeah. or, or not? Uh, yeah. that's not really how the experiment went, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so there's really no way to answer that question. Uh, I certainly seeing how man city perform less, how they perform more, how they line up, uh, yeah. uh in preseason matches, will help us inform our Holland uh, uh, decision a bit more. Yeah. But There's a lot I, of value in that midfield at Man City once they sort out, once we figure out who the starters are, you know, it's, it's a lot of, a lot, well, that's, of that's the thing play. is we, we never will. Cause there aren't, there aren't starters at right. Manchester city. I think that's the appeal. If, if Holland sets out like Harry Kane and, uh, uh, and you know, there's, there's no precedent for this necessarily under Pep Guardioli at city. Uh, where there is a rotation immune player, Kevin De Bruyne is as close as you get to that. And yeah. that's what they priced him at 12 million. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think Holland stands the best chance at avoiding a lot of rotation. Yeah. Uh, w- while city haven't had a pen. Uh, okay. I gave away the punchline there. So, uh, while city haven't had a traditional number nine since Aguero left, uh, mm-hmm. some might say since Jekka left, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they haven't also. They also haven't had the dedicated pen taker, and I'll be damned if that's not Erling Holland when he shows up. So yeah, I, I think that is a huge point in his favor. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if 
KDB definitely lets him take those pens, you know? I, but, I don't get uh, the sense you know. that KDB enjoys taking them. He kind of gave them up at some point two seasons ago. It's and uh, really weird. The whole pen situation there is strange, right? Yeah, it's I agree. Like everybody yeah. gets a couple, couple tra- you know, cracks at it. Yeah, I think it's, I think, I, I don't know. Um, I, I remember when Grealish signed last season with Man City, they gave him a lot of rope. Like he got a lot of time to, to, to bed in and he was, he started like every single match. Really mm-hmm. up, right. Mm-hmm. And we kept thinking, Oh man, is this, is he going to keep like how much, you know, how many starts is he going to get? And they just kind of kept starting him, you know? Yeah. So I think that, um, I think we could see, um, you know, Holland get a, like a nice long run out to start the season. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm still on the fence about it again. I don't want to be too married to having Holland or not having him, but, um, I think the price is reasonable. He probably actually should be a little bit lower, but I guess you just can't do it in case he like breaks the game. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. Final question comes from Honcho Philly says, talk to me about Gabby Jesus at 8 million, uh, on Arsenal. How many goals is he going to get? And is he a no brainer at that price? Well, you tell me, Josh, you put your, put your mm-hmm. Arsenal cap on and what does this mean mm-hmm. in, in conjunction with the Vieira signing, and the players that they currently have, it seems yeah. it seems promising. Seems like there's a lot of players up front all of a sudden. I mean, you have you know Vieira, who is kind of like a Pepe replacement, right? On the but Vieira and uh, Saka mm-hmm. uh, seem like they kind of occupy a similar similar space. And then you've got uh, you have Odegaard, who I assume is going to continue to start in that kind of number ten ish role. And then you've got um, uh, out left, you've got Gabriel Martinelli and, um, uh, Smith Rowe occasionally Smith, Smith Rowe. I mean, Smith Rowe was, was amazing, but you know, I don't know if he's like better as a super sub or, or what. Uh, and then up front you have, uh, Nketia, who was terrific at the end of last season, but, uh, he's immediately losing his spot to, to Gabriel Jesus. And there's yeah. really no debate there, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And so, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you think that like all those young players are going to progress the way that we, have seen them do last season. I mean, last season was the most encouraging Arsenal season in half a decade, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if they grow a little bit and then they suddenly have a guy who, who really can score, I mean, it's, you know, it's, he may not have ever been the, uh, well, I, you know, it's interesting because I mean, the start of last season with, for Man City, you were like, okay, like, I guess, I guess he's now like not a forward anymore. You know, he's kind of playing in that, uh, out, outright, you know, should have been reclassed. Mares spy should have been reclassed, you know, and then he, then he moved back into the middle. It's kind of all over the place. Right. Cause, but you know, Pep wasn't always playing with that, with a traditional forward. And so I think he will play in a much more traditional forward role though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that there are enough talented. I, I mean, I think Mar- Martinelli is a great crosser. Um, you know, Tierney can cross Saka can cross certainly, uh, Odegaard can set him up. And so I think there's a lot of players, no one of KDB's caliber, but a lot of players mm-hmm. who could, who could really, set Jesus up, make him the focal point. And you have the Jesus, uh, connection, uh, you know, with, with Arteta. And I mm-hmm. think that's really valuable too. And I think that Jesus feels like he is really wanted there. Yeah. And I'm not sure he's ever really felt like that in Man City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's an interesting counterpoint to the Holland discussion where Jesus, there are some unanswered questions about his time in the premier league. What it, what changes when he goes to Arsenal? Like what changes for Holland when he goes to City? But Holland is eleven point five, 
And that's a bigger risk to have ripple effects through your entire fantasy team spending that yep. much money. Yep. At 8.0 for Gabriel Jesus, uh, the risk is much lower. You're 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 able to do more with the rest of your team. Yep. And there's still a pretty decent ceiling. I don't think the ceiling is as high, nearly as high as the what the Holland one could prove to be. But uh, yeah, I'd feel very positive about Jesus. And and I do, and I think that it's um, yeah, it, it's just exciting. And I think you know, sleep being back as well. I think the entire squad looks better than it has um, in a long, long time. So I mean, you know, again, like they've got to they got to realize it. But I mean, this is a team that as is almost one almost made a Champions League spot last year, you know, mm-hmm. and like with really um, a team that really wasn't shouldn't have been. I think you know, like competing already. And so yeah. I think um, um, yeah, so I think it's I think it's really encouraging. Um, on that note, Brandon, uh, I did want to do a quick shout out. We kind of, you know, we just got on a roll earlier in this podcast and I want to interrupt it, but I, I did want to give a quick shout out to, um, uh, our Patreon. Um, we'd love for uh, anybody who, uh, you know, enjoys the podcast and, and, you know, wants to find some friends and a little bit of, I mean, this is like a horrible buzzword that some people hate, but like find a little bit of community, um, as you get through this season, then I highly recommend supporting the podcast on Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash always cheating. There's pledge levels, um, kind of all over the place. There's even like a, a very basic pledge level where it's just, just get in the door and you get access to our Slack. There's people talking literally 24 seven on there about fantasy and much more, Brandon. It's like yes, 50% yes. fantasy. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, there's also, we, we do an extra podcast each week. You and I are actually talking about, uh, the one we're going to, we plan to roll out for Patreon supporters this, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're probably recording Thursday or at least on Friday. Uh, there's a weekend review newsletter that we send out for every single game week. Uh, it's courtesy of our friends, mini league mate. Uh, there's our Dean's list manager of the month award. Uh, the top score each month wins a, uh, free always cheating mug. Um, every one of the top two pledge tiers gets our make fantasy fun again, t-shirt and Brandon, you just, uh, we're working on a new design yesterday that yeah. you share with me. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. We're kind of retiring the make fantasy fun again, moniker for the t-shirt, not for the podcast. Um, but yeah, we always like to freshen it up for our longstanding t-shirt tier patrons and our, our newbies. Yeah. And thanks to everyone from the Patreon community, by the way, in terms of just refresh here, who uh, offered us feedback on how we can uh, make the make our Patreon support, make, make our, you know, make make everyone feel who supports the podcast um, as, you know, kind of rewarded as possible. So we're working on having more guests this year, uh, extra leagues, uh, more video calls, more video talks with me and Brandon, whether that's uh, before matches, during matches, we're going to work on doing more of that this season. Uh, we want to start doing some of that on our Vegas trip, actually, in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, just to couple new patron thank yous too, Brent. We've already had a few roll in at the start of the season. So uh, thank you to Nigel O'Sullivan, Clayton Ferrazzo, uh, Tom Gorsuch, and Thomas Foley. Uh, thank you to those uh, newest patrons. And Brendan, do you want to um, thank our producer patrons? Yeah, the highest Patreon tier, the producer tier. Big thanks to Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, the big gaffer, Babas Coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, you know us, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uwang, Shibmore Joria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, managed by Lasso Francis Mann, Sam Shower, Jeremy Spiker, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Dalgar Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, and Bob Fox. Listen, if Patreon is not your bag, you can find other ways to support us, like a quick rating and review. Five stars on Apple Podcasts is a massive help to the pod helps people discover it. We're also, of course, on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Follow us on Twitter, where we are most active, at Hell Cheaters, or wherever else you might get your social media, or our website, alwayscheating.com. Uh, is that it? Is that a wrap, Josh, on on this this year's opening celebration? I think so. Whenever you remind me that we actually have a website, that's when I uh, <laughs> that's when I know we're, we're wrapping up the podcast here. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, it would be great to support us on Patreon, but if nothing else, um, yeah, like you said, Brandon, give us a review and yeah, just have a great time this season. We also, uh, if you visit our um, our homepage or our Twitter page, you can find the link to join the Always Cheating Super League yes, as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we should have mentioned that at the top of the podcast. We're still getting our sea legs back here a little bit, Brandon. Uh, but I, I don't want to read off yet another uh, URL code on this on this <laughs> pod. But uh, yeah, you can join the Always Cheating Super League on any number of places you can visit where we do our social media. All right, Josh. Uh, Poku forever is what I'll say. Any last words? That's it. Cheers. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.